science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves. Yeah, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Rose Blotcher. And I'm Carrie Poppy, and today we're talking about naturopath diplomas. Namely because we got them. I'm now a certified naturopath, Did... but I am not a licensed naturopath. Okay, well that's good to have a distinction. Now, I'm just curious, did the certification process do anything to your voice? Because your voice sounds different. I don't think so, no. Okay. Mm-hmm. Did okay. it do anything to your voice? I mean, it could have. Because at the beginning, I felt like you sounded different. <laughs> that's true. You know who I really admire? Who? Steve Jobs. Yeah? No. I'm <laughs> doing a Bad Blood reference. Oh, okay. I don't... Have you listened to Bad Blood yet? No, I don't know what's it's happening very good. here. Well, it's about this con artist who's a woman, uh-huh. and she intentionally lowered her voice because she seems to have thought it would make people take her more seriously. So she has this very low voice that apparently is not her natural voice. Did it work? Sort of, but now it sounds like she's going to go to jail. What? But I'm not done with the podcast, so don't tweet at me and tell me. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Uh, fascinating. I'm going to slowly raise my voice back to where it normally is. Hey, welcome back. Oh, hey, thanks. Hey, you said something about a naturopath diploma? What was that all yeah. about? Yeah. So we went to the Center of Excellence online. And I know what you're doing. You're typing in Center of Excellence already, but it's more like Centra of Excellence. Yes, it is a UK operation, so it is spelled the UK way. All the spellings are, yeah, yeah flavor, color. Yes. But it is .com. It's not .co.uk. Also, if you look up Center of Excellence, you will find that that's a term that's broadly used in other parts of the world. I've encountered it. My day job is in training, Uh and they'll have these various Center of Excellences for getting best practices or uh, connecting with experts on things. And every time I hear the phrase Center of Excellence, I die a little inside. Because you're like, come on now? It sounds so stupid. Like... (laughs) Center of excellence. I like how you like thought about like what's the right word for it? Stupid. It's like now they're starting to call human resources human capital management. Oh yeah, no thank you. That's awful. No thank you. Don't do that. I know we both find this annoying when people describe themselves as creatives. Oh, don't say that. Yeah. At least with that one, I'm not like, oh, you replaced a perfectly good word, but still, it's how do you say? Stupid. <laughs> these, are, these are personal preference things. Yeah, no, So totally. you are welcome to your differing opinion. Yes, it's fine. So we actually found this through Groupon, one of our fonts of investigatory... They really should sponsor us. They should. They should. How many people are we sending to Groupon? <laughs> A lot. I'm sure, based on our past purchases, they assume, oh, these people like uh, oddball things. Yeah. And so we saw a great deal. Mm -hmm. It was $29. (laughs) To become a naturopath. To become a naturopath. Or they had options. So you pay $29 and you can choose either an introduction to acupuncture. And we thought, well, we've done an acupuncture episode before. They had aromatherapy. Okay. That was interesting. I think that might have been our runner up. There was a feng shui diploma, the naturopath diploma that we ultimately chose, and a Reiki 1 and 2 diploma. Ooh. And they tell you how much each one is worth. So our naturopath diploma was worth $393.25. Mm. So I got this $393 value for only $23.20. Oh, my 
goodness. Can you a steal? It? Yeah. Uh, you got a whole career for less than the cup of a very expensive cup of coffee. Right. I can hang my shingle now. Yeah. Yeah. So I do want to clarify we're not reviewing naturopathy here. We're reviewing this, this system. Course. Yeah, this system by which you can get a naturopath diploma. And let me also point out in most states, there is a very rigorous way to get your licensure to be a naturopathic doctor. That's not what's happening here. This is just a naturopath, which is different. Mm -hmm. So you and I, I believe, could say we are certified naturopaths. We could not say we were licensed naturopathic doctors. But if you just look on Yelp for a naturopath, mm -hmm. you very well could end up with somebody who we, got the same. Someone who is certifiably a naturopath. <laughs> the same way that we are. Exactly. So let's see how hard it was. Yeah. Then they advertise it's going to be 150 hours of study. Is that what they said? Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to tell you all how quickly I finished it. <laughs> and uh, they said that it's a certified course. It's an accredited course. There's going to be nine modules okay. that you'll work your way through. They mentioned tutor support. I never called upon a tutor. I never called upon a tutor, but I did interact with the person grading my exam. At oh, one you point. did? Yeah. Okay. There's also no time limit. So you're welcome to just take this at your own pace, which turned out to be good for me. Yep. Mm -hmm. and, and every test is basically open book. It doesn't block you out of the course material while you pull up the quiz. Yeah, you can have another tab open and go look at it. Though I noticed they did a really good job of encoding the website so you couldn't select text. You couldn't right-click and view source or anything mm -hmm. like that. They disabled a lot of plugins. You also couldn't just pull up a search bar and like search through the page to jump. I'm pretty sure I did that. Oh. I'm at, pretty sure I control left. At least in the browsers I was in, I was not able to do that. This may be part of the trick to how I did this much faster than Ross. Yeah. You know, I could screen capture things, but for the most part, they had done a pretty good job of blocking any sort of testing aids to help you sort of skim through things. Yeah, I didn't notice any of those blockages. I just said, control F, you're asking me about water. Let me find that sweet H2O. So if I come here in Firefox and I hit control F, nothing. Huh. Nada. Doesn't work. Weird. Well. Anyways, they said that it is a level three course and it will give you 150 CPD. Oh, thank God. Continued professional development points. And they said that they are registered with the CMA, Complementary Medical Association, hmm. which is internationally recognized as the elite force in professional ethical complementary medicine by professional practitioners, doctors, and increasingly by the general public. Upon <laughs> completion of the course, you can gain membership to the CMA. Ooh, we can do okay. that. Okay. Which, Country Music Awards. <laughs> in addition to supplying a professional accreditation, offers a number of benefits. This is confusing. Okay. This course is certified by the IAHT, International Alliance of Holistic Therapists. Okay. The IAHT is an internationally recognized organization. Ooh. The IAHT certify personal development, health, fitness, and nutrition courses. So you and I had kind of different philosophies about how to complete this, and they turned out to be pretty complimentary, I think. <laughs> yes. I thought like, okay, I am testing the test. I am seeing how easily can I get through this quickly without knowing hardly anything and still pass. Because right. that would be really telling if I can do it quickly and know virtually nothing and still be a naturopath. Which is a, a very good test of this system. Now, what was your 
version. I had an alternative test, which is where I more holistically read through <laughs> everything. You know, when I'm filling out a survey or response or questionnaire or test, I feel like I just I have to have everything thorough and well done and in my head. So I wanted to do the best job I possibly could to, you know, be the the A student, mm-hmm, if you will. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I wanted to make sure I had actually read everything that they presented. I mean, I did a little bit of skimming, but for the most part, I was like trying to thoroughly absorb and I was going to external sources to try to like give additional information and just give non-rote responses. So it took me, I believe, eight and a half hours to complete the entire thing. How long did it take you? Oh, cool. Mine was about 25 hours and a half. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. And still neither of us took 150 hours. Nope. Yeah. But I guess if you'd taken your time, you could be in there for 150 hours. Even eight and a half, I was like, all right, come on. Let's hurry this up. A little. Okay. Partly because a lot of the material is very obvious. Mm, Some mm -hmm. of it's like, water is the building block of life. You got to drink your water. If you don't drink your water, your body gets dry. For sure. I was also slowing myself down by taking constant notes of everything and screenshots of all my responses I took a lot of screenshots, too, on mostly my desktop that's now unplugged, but I have other screenshots here on this laptop ye see before the... Ah, okay. With a pigeon on it. Yeah. There's a pigeon in my living room. An actual pigeon, yes. Yeah, Georgia. Not just the outside pigeon area that Carrie already had. Obviously. Those are the permanent residents, whereas Georgia is just a guest... I found her in the middle of Hollywood Boulevard. She is recouping mm-hmm. here in the living room. And would you say you have Georgia on your mind? I do. I mm-hmm. do. Yeah. How did you get that name? So my friend Caroline was asking me if I had given her name. And I said, no, I feel like I probably shouldn't. And then she said, well, when you called the vet, did they ask you? And I said, you know, they just automatically said, oh, we'll just write down pigeon because it's a feral (laughs) pigeon. And I said, I felt a little disappointed that I hadn't been forced to give her a name. Then Caroline said something like, yeah, because you would just immediately be like, oh, I don't know, maybe like, I don't know, Priscilla, but uh, I mean, yes, that happens to be my grandmother's name, but I don't know. And then I thought, what was my grandmother's name? Georgia. And then I thought, that's a really good pigeon name. It is, for and sure. that's my story. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I'm just gonna give you the Cliff Notes version here for a sec. We did both pass. We are both certified... With our, uh, yeah, we, I'm yeah, holding I my we diploma can say certified. here. Maybe we're just diplomaed. The Center of Excellence hereby certifies oh, you're Ross right. Blotcher. You're right. He has completed the necessary training and assessment to demonstrate competence and understanding within this field. The Center of Excellence awards the certificate in recognition of the achievement Naturopath Diploma. With a with, distinction. With a distinction. That's Same right. Same here. So we both got distinction. We both got distinction. Just as a reminder, I control F to my way through most of it. <laughs> so even on Chrome, control F does nothing. Weird. On Something's the, wrong with yours. On the PC. So maybe oh. they must have code there that is PC specific. Ah, so the way to become a naturopath is to get a Macintosh computer. <laughs> there you go. That can speed you up quite a bit. That You know those old Mac PC commercials? Mm-hmm. And the Mac wins? This is why. Okay, so... Then we started our learning process. Yeah. So you jump into module one, the building blocks of nutrition. 
Let me get there. I'm clicking on Learning Center. While Carrie's navigating around, there is okay, there a, I am. a welcoming message. They tell you there is a study group on Facebook. Oh, we should have gone there. Oh, I'm I'm in that. How is it? I think it's mostly the people who work there posting. And by the people who work there, I think it is one woman. Oh, really? Yeah, I think she hires various people to write the tests, but... She seems to grade every single one. And if you look up sort of their business incorporation papers, it's always her. Do you know what her name is? Margaret Roberts. Okay. That is the person that I saw sign off on my test. Mm -hmm. I did a search for Margaret Roberts naturopath. Mm -hmm. And there was a very accomplished author who is some sort of herbalist, but she had died in 2017. Ah, not her. I immediately thought, oh, are they forging her name on things? Uh, (laughs) But no, this is just some other Margaret Roberts. I think I found her. I don't think there's anything particularly nefarious going on here or anything, but I think I did find her and... She's in Manchester, and I think she's just running this little business where she does this center of excellence. And the Facebook group is for all their certificates. Right. And oh my goodness, do they have lots of certificates. Uh, Yes, they do. I kept a couple emails from some of the course offerings. They kept emailing me that I thought were particularly hilarious. There is a course in angel magic. Great. Egyptology. Okay. Okay. Scrying. I kind of want the scrying. What is that again? That's a form of divination where you're usually looking into the the future or the other realm using things like mirrors or other magical implements. I was trying to think of what the objects were there. Energy healing. Kitchen witchery. (laughs) That's a good one. Hedge witchery. Fibonacci numbers and the golden ratio. Why why would you need to show like I have a diploma in Fibonacci numbers and the golden ratio? Somebody's doing it. Metaphysics Foundation. Oh, I bet that's good. Connecting with your spirit guides diploma course. Mediumship diploma course. Soap making business diploma course. (laughs) Parapsychology diploma course. Sacred geometry diploma course. Philosophy diploma course, which I object to as a person with an actual BA in philosophy. (laughs) Fair. A cupping therapy diploma course. Rune divination diploma course. Metaphysics foundation diploma course. Oh, good. You got to get that foundation in there, Mm -hmm, you know? mm -hmm. Ufology diploma course. Oh, is it wrong that I kind of want some of these? No, because we were talking earlier about how once a year we should just see how quickly we can get one of these diplomas. I yeah. think that should be an are annual you, tradition Are you okay us. with that, everybody? If we just like yeah, get certified in one thing every year? <laughs> I promise I'll go faster next time. But that promise is fully for me. No one else cares about that promise. <laughs> NLP, Foundation mm, Skills Diploma ne- Course. That's Neuro Linguistic Programming. Mm-hmm. The Secret Life of Trees Diploma Course. <laughs> oh, I like that one. Oh, wow. Uh, there is a Vegan Nutritionist Diploma Course. Okay. Let's see. I'm going to skip around here a little bit to the Life Coaching Courses. Challenging Behavior in Children and Young People Diploma Course. Oh, wow. There's a Paganism Diploma Course. Right. A uh, Law of Attraction Life coaching, life purpose, spiritual life coaching. Wicca, all kinds of things you can get diplomas at. at the, Do you guys get it or should we just keep listening? At the Centra of Excellence. Mm-hmm. But then also like psychology courses, criminal psychologist course. So essentially after eight hours of light work or 25 hours of overly difficult work, <laughs> you could have any one of these diplomas. Yeah. Perhaps. We haven't done all of them, but perhaps. We, we assume this generalizes. Okay, so we're both logged in now. Yes. Okay. 
And just to bring us back to Earth a little bit, though they offer all these like really kind of silly sounding courses, a naturopath could actually like, as you said, hang up a shingle and then someone might come to you for actual medical advice thinking that you have something to offer. So right. that's And we haven't relevant. really defined naturopath, but it's a an alternative medical concept. You're sort of the equivalent of a doctor, but your focus is on natural remedies, ancient medicines, and ancient medical traditions, a holistic approach, mm-hmm. but not with the rigors of having gone through residency and all the work that goes into becoming a medical doctor, a Western. I, I don't even like using the term yeah, Western. Me too. Yeah. It's, it implies but, that like an entire <laughs> hemisphere yeah, of the earth hasn't caught on to modern medicine. Yeah, yeah, they have. There's no hemisphere that has any claim on science mm-hmm. and the, the methods of logically determining what works. Yeah. But clarity's sake, a naturopathic doctor, that person does go through four-year schooling and they are an actual doctor. And in California, at least, that person is allowed to call themselves a doctor, in some cases a physician, but that's a totally different thing. So if you see someone who just calls themselves a naturopath and doesn't say naturopathic doctor, they are probably intentionally leaving off that doctor word and you should take note. So anyway, Ross, tell me about water. Is it good? Is it bad? You know, who can say? (laughs) (laughs) Wow, you learned nothing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, really, it is an essential component of the human body, oh, wow. and it's important in a well-balanced diet. Uh-huh. And you shouldn't get dehydrated. That's bad. Uh-huh. We start out as 75% water, and eventually we are 60% water So says on this average. course. Please don't email us. We know how there's disagreement about the percentages. We know. But somewhere around there's a lot. a range, yes. A lot of us is made out of water. That's true. So that was our, the first part of our first module was to learn the importance of water. Carries oxygen, nutrients, blah, blah, blah. You need it. Go ahead and drink some. Okay, got it? Good. Again, this module is building the blocks of nutrition. So mm-hmm. we're just learning the important things. Yeah, good to start with water. That's important. Sure. Protein, yeah, also good. And I'm uh, for it. Yeah, as I'm reading through all these early portions, I'm thinking, okay, well, this is fairly non-controversial stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're listing out all these different types of foods and how many grams of protein per 100 grams of food there are. Okay, I'm not going to memorize all this, but I will at least look at it. Yeah, we get a long chart of the different grams of protein per 100 grams of that food. So like a baked potato, 100 grams of baked potato has two grams of protein versus a vegetarian meat substitute might have as much as 23 grams of protein per 100 grams of food. Yep. Apparently spirulina is very protein dense, but also very, very light. So I'm picturing someone just like shoveling handfuls of spirulina into their mouth. Elsewhere in the course, it does say that if you had just one food to subsist on, spirulina would be the right superfood to eat. Interesting, because it's also so easily um, contaminated, we learned from our Purium adventure. Right. But it's apparently very packed with some important vitamins and minerals. All right. Micronutrients. I was just telling Carrie about this. I'm reading, and uh, now I'm telling you again, because you're the uh, only one here, but yeah, yeah, yeah. other people are listening in on this conversation. <laughs> do people hear our conversation? They do. Oh, shit. Yeah, I, I actually see this box these things are plugged into. You've been recording me this whole time? Yeah, 
I just thought we were hanging out for seven years. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shoot. This. Um, wow. Man, this is super this is illegal. Awkward. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, sh- I should have told you. You should have told me. I just, I figured. <laughs> wow. I figured you knew. Wow, I, sorry. Sorry. Wow. Yes, all women. Anyway, so <laughs> while you let that sink in, I'll mm-hmm. mention that earlier we were talking about uh, the book Human Errors. I'm reading that for yeah. my book club. It's a fascinating recounting of all the problems with the human body that evolution has saddled us with, especially in relation to our comparisons with other animals and Mm -hmm. one of the really interesting things for me was finally answering that question of why can other animals like cats and dogs and cows eat such basic diets you know the cows essentially just eat grass all day Mm -hmm. how do they get everything they need for Mm -hmm. their bodies Mm -hmm. from that where we have to eat all of these different nutrients and a balanced diet that gets all these different food groups of course we're also trying to live a million years now extend our lifespans yeah we keep being like Oh, I gotta get five more years out of this thing. Oh, you fair, know? fair. But we used to have the ability to generate vitamin C on our own, and some early ancestor of all of the modern primates lost that ability, probably because mm. we were in a citrus rich environment. And so it, it didn't hurt us when we lost that gene. And it's still there. You oh, can still right. find it, but it's mutated to the point where it doesn't work. And we can get things like scurvy now if we don't have enough supplementation. Same thing with a lot of the B vitamins that. Other animals produce these things and we don't, or they absorb them better out of their diets and we I'm don't. I'm already thinking like how the creationist would explain all this. And I'm like, oh yeah, Garden of Eden, tons of fruit. We didn't need this thing because we were going to eat all this fruit. And we got punished, but none of the other animals did. Right. Except for the poor gorillas and chimpanzees. Yeah. Well, Sorry, suckers. Yep. Anyway, it's a, it's a great book. I'm a little over halfway through and already recommend it. I'm reading The Myth of Repressed Memory by Elizabeth Loftus. Also good. Relevant. But to, irrelevant. To this discussion. To this discussion. Relevant to other discussions, yes. That we have had. That yes. I've recorded and shared with people. What? Yeah. But don't worry, I edit them and try to make you sound as intelligent as possible and me sound as intelligent as possible. Oh, God. Okay, well, that sounds like a tall order, but... Be careful what you say. I Now I will. <laughs> now, what about when you've been inviting me to all those, like, bars and theaters and we sit up on that special yeah, did, part of did the... Did you notice all the people <laughs> there? theater. There were people everybody's there. Everybody's laughing and talking, but they're always really quiet when we're talking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And remember how I had you say that thing about like, oh, no, Ross and Carrie? Yeah, you're, that's how you have me greet that's, you. That's the name oh, of no, the show. Oh, no, Ross sh- and me. You're right. That's, that's actually the name of the show. <laughs> this bit is very stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so part three is fats. Fats. Uh, it's another essential building block of your body for optimal functioning, you guys. Kids need more fats. Yep. And fatten up your kids. Adults need less. Etc. Etc. Um many, many paragraphs of text. Occasionally an image thrown in there. Mm-hmm. Liven things up. There's a, a little graphic here of a glowing heart floating above somebody's hand. Um, let's see. Carbohydrates are next. Oh, don't forget your omega sixes and omega threes, though. Those are important fats to get. Yeah. Again, something that we don't generate in our own bodies. And then we talk about carbs. I'll say this. They're not anti-carb. That's good. Mm-hmm. 
Then we get vitamins and minerals. Yes, so far, I don't know if I was detecting anything that sounded really outlandish to me. Totally. I remember in this portion being like, oh, this might be fine. I mean, probably if it's going to be at this level, probably shouldn't earn me a degree, but at least doesn't seem to have a bunch of hooey in it. And I got to say, as I was reading, I was thinking, okay, this is actually giving me some information I didn't have because I've never paid too much attention to all the components of Mm -hmm. diets. And, uh, and I think that's something, one of those areas where you have a lot more knowledge than I do. So I yeah. usually just kind of rely on, oh, well, Carrie says this about vitamin B12, so that uh, sounds good to me. Oh, yeah, it's good to take your B12, especially if you don't eat a lot of animal products. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. We have other things. We vegetarians and vegans have other ways that we come out on top of B12 is one place we... Though I think it's found in spirulina, if We're I We're pointing recall. at each other. Yeah, you know, I could be wrong on that, so don't quote me. I'm not sure if it's spirulina or not, but when you get a vegan B12 supplement, it is from cyanobacteria, which is typically an algal bacterium. Gotcha. So could be spirulina. That was another thing in that Human Errors book that I'm reading, that we actually do produce vitamin B12, but it's... In your the bacteria in, your in our lower intestine, and we absorb B12 in our small intestine. So, oops. Yeah. If we just, yeah, and we. That is why I eat my poop. You would get a lot of B12 from that. Yeah. I just eat my poop, everybody. Okay. Part six amino acids. So, we read about those. Yeah. There's 20 essential ones. Again, one of those things where our body just lost the ability to generate nine amino acids out of the 20. And that's why we call them essential because we got to get them from elsewhere. All uh, right. Okay. Evolution. I'm shaking Gosh my fist. Darn it, evolution. What you doing? Now, evolution is the correct explanation of our origins, but we don't have to like it. Did a lot of <laughs> terrible things. Sure. Like the Holocaust, I saw expelled. <laughs> Part seven, okay, is called superfoods. That's about when I'm like, okay, I think we might be getting to it here. Oh, yeah, they started in the amino acids. They were talking about antioxidants a bit, and I think that's one that you can get a little carried away with. Same with superfoods, kind of the same thing, where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, it's not like it's wrong to call something a superfood, but sometimes people will kind of get carried away with the notion, and it's like, if you eat blueberries all day, oh, my God, you live to be a 1,000. It's like, no. Yeah. They're just, yes, blueberries more nutrient-dense than some white bread. Yes. Yes, spirulina. That's the first one they mentioned there under superfoods. It confirmed it has vitamin B12. Oh, there you go. This course told me so. Yeah, so spirulina, of course, is an algae. We've also got chlorella on here, another algae. And a good name for a child. Sure. If you name your child chlorella, I'll give you 12 bucks. And I will record us singing Chlorella de Ville, <laughs> or whatever your last name is, if it has two syllables. There you go. Wheat and barley grass. They are close cousins to the dark leafy greens. Uh, propolis, phytoplankton, aloe vera. Exotic fruit. Exotic berries. fruit. We just, okay, all of them. <laughs> Kiwi. A- any fruit that's not from where you are, superfood. It, it lists a ton of things. We, we could give you many, many long lists. Every page just has... Kind of a a title and a paragraph, title, paragraph, title, five paragraphs. But I'm very happy that beans made the list because I love a bean. It's a magical fruit. Yep. Quinoa is one of those popular super... Oh, really? Yeah, beans don't make you fart? Not really. What? Not notably. Oh, my God. If anything does, I'd say it's dairy. Oh, I If I overdo it. That's common. Oh, my goodness. I love a bean. And whenever I have beans, Drew's like, oh, boy, here it comes. You don't use any one of those, uh, like, drops that can beano? Sometimes I'll take beano. If I remember, I'll take beano. And sometimes 
Drew will remind me. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, in his own self-interest. We're almost four years in. It's when you start talking about Beano, everybody. This is interesting. Quinoa is not a grain, technically, but a seed. Yeah, maybe that's why it's so bad. (laughs) Do you like quinoa? No, I don't. Yeah, me neither. And I love millet. I love rice. Quinoa is super good for you, but yeah, Yeah. I want it masked by other things. Totally. You put it in like some uh, tabbouleh. Yeah. Okay, now we're talking. Or yogurt. Yogurt? Yeah, yogurt. Quinoa and yogurt? I don't know. It just seemed like a good place to put it. Maybe I've never actually seen that before. It just seems like a sweet and grain combo. Well, I guess I just described cake. (laughs) All right. Part eight key points. So yeah, at the end of each module, you get a little review of everything you read. This was a very brief review. It's not one where you could just read the review and take the assessment. Totally, totally. And then um, you get your assessment. You got yeah. it. And your overall pass mark is 60%. Yeah. So you really don't have to do that well. Nope. To pass. No, you do not. Maybe so, you won't pass with distinction. Like we did. Like. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Can we see our grades on each module? Module one. I think module one is where I got my lowest score. I got 86.96%. Oh. That's perfectly respectable. Thank you. It's a solid B. Well, it would A, excite me every time I submitted one of these because two days later, three days later, you don't know when they're going to look at it, but you get an email Mm -hmm. that says- Can you love emails? It says, Center of Excellence, your assessment has come Uh through. Oh, how did I do? Uh And then my eye would always lock onto a 60% because in the email, it'll say the pass mark was 60%. Oh, right. And I'll go, what? How did I- what How did, did I, I get, get a D? But then I'll look up above and it says, ah, diploma module one assessment, 100%. Did you get 100%? I did. Leaving, but mostly because my computer's dying and I need a plug, <laughs> but also out of anger. But please, before you pass judgment, do remember that I wasted way too much time reading this way too thoroughly. I kicked over Diet Coke. Is that a superfood? Nope, Diet Coke is not a superfood. In fact, we discourage artificial sweeteners as naturopaths. All right, I'm back. Holding a bottle (laughs) of Diet Coke. A a two-liter bottle. (laughs) (laughs) So, what's up, Narth? Now it's time for module two. (sighs) Okay, module two. Foods. You know, it really shouldn't be as complicated as it is, or maybe we just aren't as intelligent as we think. Um, But getting around this website does take a little bit of learning. It really does. They should have a course about how to navigate their website. You know, they might actually, because there (laughs) there was... Oh, there's one called like being a super learner. Yeah, there's a free course on how to learn. I didn't take that, did you? No. Okay. That's why we're having so much trouble. (laughs) (laughs) It could have been so much easier for the both of us. Muzzle two. So part one, fiber and flowers. That's where we're going to start. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Then fruit. Vegetables. Grains and seeds. Nuts. What about nuts? Dairy products. Eggs, poultry, and meat. Beverages. Herbs. Spices. Key points. And then you have your assessment. Tonight, Andrew is reading something off of uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. He's playing that game. Mm-hmm. Classic. No, it's brand new. Yeah, classically new. Anyways, he was saying herbs. As he was reading this, and I said, Whoa. generally in the U.S., we just say herbs unless it's somebody's name. Uh-huh. He said, oh, English is so difficult. 
Oh, he just didn't know, huh? Yeah, he just had. I just figured that was one of his cute little Andrewisms. Yeah, which is probably, I think, a Britishism, right? Don't yeah, they totally. say herbs? They say yeah. herbs, yeah. That's one thing I did as I was taking the assessments, even if I had my open notes from the coursework, I would make sure to take the British spelling and then convert it over to the English spelling for each word. Ah, uh, right. Which okay. was surprisingly frequent. And then I would also make sure to rephrase everything in my own words. I was yep. worried about plagiarism, even yeah. for this diploma course. No, so I get that. I wanted to make sure, even if they were intimately looking at every phrase, they couldn't find more than three words in a row that I plucked from their course. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I think I rephrased everything. I'm not sure I paid as close attention to the spelling. We got to give them credit. In part eight, beverages, they did make very clear that tea is different from herbal tea, or as they oh, call it, good. infusions. Herbal oh. That that should get them some hot drink score right yeah. there. Yeah, oh, you're right. You're Even right. though the website did not extend a hand out of the monitor with a, <laughs> a cup of hot coffee for you, or hot tea mm-hmm. in this case, they at least have the right idea. Good job, Margaret Roberts. I don't care too much about these distinctions, but I know for people who care about tea, this is a big deal. Yeah, that's true. Herbal tea is not tea. No, and we learned not that, tea, and it's bad. And I filled this out a couple times on my assessments. They asked in the final final exam, and in this one, they asked about the difference between a tea and an infusion. Uh, yeah, I remember that. So, like teas will actually have leaves mm-hmm. from the plant within that same species of teas right whereas all the other ones may have other parts of the plant or they the flowers yeah or or the fruits some other nonsense ridiculous and that's how you end up with shit like chamomile and it's like get it out of here but again for the most part all of this seemed fairly sensible yeah i I thought okay well i'm kind of learning something but this doesn't feel wooey enough for me well don't worry That's a common. Oh, good. What's module three then? Module three, types of diet. Oh. Okay, so. Oh. (laughs) I started to burp while I was going, oh. (laughs) I made some really weird sound there. Uh, Like a ghost. (laughs) Oh. 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 diet. Well, it's always good if you're structuring a lesson to call... The entire lesson, types of diet, and then part one, types types of of diet. diet. (laughs) Sure. Okay, so part one, types of diet. Part two, weight loss diets. Part three, blood types. Mm Mm-hmm. I was excited about that one. Part four, overeating and undereating. Mm-hmm. Not exactly a type of diet, but okay. Part five, acid slash alkaline balance. And then you get your key points and your assessment. There was, by the way, a lot of discussion of vegetarianism and veganism and the different types of vegetarians and vegans. So you could be like a lacto-ovo-vegetarian or Mm -hmm. ovo-vegetarian or lacto-vegetarian or pescatarian-vegetarian or or flexitarian or fruitarian. They unpacked all of these for us very thoroughly. Fruitarian, not a great way to go, I gotta say. Yeah, I think you need a little more than what fruit's gonna give you. It's great for a fruit bat, but you're not a fruit bat. (laughs) Anyway, so blood type diets, this is sort of a long understood thing to not be real. Right. We haven't tried it ourselves. We probably should. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll completely change our tunes. Might Who be knows? a future episode. Right. So as blood type O's, boy, we have some bad news. Uh-oh. This is the hunter who should eat a higher protein diet said to be the oldest blood type group. However, other research indicates type A is actually the oldest. 
This type should focus on eating as much protein as possible and avoiding grains. Avoiding grains? We're going to avoid grains and it sounds like they want us to eat a bunch of meat. Well, good news, Carrie. Quinoa is not a grain. It's a seed. Oh, there you go. (laughs) You can eat as much of that as you want. You know, the peanut is neither a pea nor a nut. Why do we drive in (laughs) parks and walk on the sidewalk? I don't know. A caterpillar is neither a cat nor a pillar. (laughs) That's a good one. (laughs) That's one of those things that where they'll throw it out there and sometimes they'll disclaim it a little bit Mm -hmm. and say, ah, this is just a popular idea. You should be aware of it, which is fine. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes it's just, this is more information that we are slipstreaming in with all of the other information. Right, yeah. You mean specifically in the center of excellence? Yeah, in this Mm -hmm. coursework. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I felt they put in proper disclaimers and other times eh, not so much. I think around this area, A, I stopped taking quite as thorough of notes as I was before because I realized... This is going to take me a long freaking time at the rate I'm going. And B, I don't really need this for the assessment, this Mm -hmm. level of note taking. Sure. You really didn't need any. No. I learned. So true. There's also a little section on cultural diets, which, you know, fair enough, is just saying if you come from a certain culture or a certain religion, you might have these certain dietary restrictions that you follow and Mm -hmm. it's it's less about you know whether those things are good for you and instead about a sort of okay well you've decided to have this diet so how do you have the healthiest diet within within that that? yeah and that you know fair enough i say though they do point out general mediterranean diets as being very healthy and leading Mm -hmm. to long life Mm -hmm. having all those essential nutrients you need yeah there's that whole section on overeating and undereating there were Mm -hmm. a lot of questions later about anorexia nervosa it was like is it good is it bad and we were like bad like (laughs) you got it yeah i think that was the exact question (laughs) (laughs) just kidding yeah and you know some good information about like what exactly are the accepted ranges Mm -hmm. for overweight obese severely obese etc bmi wise and of course there are definite limitations to bmi but, uh, you know, as a general metric, mm-hmm. so you, you get, you know, a ballpark idea. Okay, and then we get to acid-alkaline balance. Ah, uh, yes. Here we're getting a little pseudoscience-y, as far as I'm aware, trying to balance your pH with different food combinations. I'll admit, I had long thought just because alkaline water will just be sold at your local natural food store, mm-hmm. I just thought, oh, new water fad. And then I looked it up once, and there are certain people who apparently, there's like there's some evidence that certain people with certain GI issues like oh, do benefit can from help that. Okay. It might be a bit like gluten intolerance, where it's like, yep, there really are people who have that. That does not mean that it's secretly better for all of us to eat this way or drink this way. Right. So if your doctor tells you to drink alkaline water, by mm-hmm. all means do. Yeah. But otherwise, uh, from my understanding, your body does a pretty good job of balancing out everything on its own in a regular diet. So you don't need to be checking the pH values of your food. Probably. I noticed one thing. One point they were really pushing the DASH diet. They were talking about that as being a healthy diet. And then they mentioned a different one. They asked questions about it, but they never actually explained what it was in the coursework itself. Oh, well. Whoopsie doodle. And what was the DASH diet? Now I forget. 
That's one that's very low sodium, and it's for people who have had like heart disease. It's just generally a very healthy diet with a lot of omega threes and mm -hmm. you know lean foods and a lot of complex carbohydrates, etc. A lot of veggies. You know, speaking of diets, did you know that flamingos? They're not pink at birth. That's right. It's because they eat lots of shrimp. They eat shrimp and they eat algae. Ah. And that turns them pink. They're born gray like a beautiful pigeon. That's and then they ruin it. That's fascinating. I know. I'm just kidding. They're beautiful birds and they're beautiful brands. And actually, Ono, Ross & Carey is sponsored in part by Flamingo. And you know, let's get real, guys. Shaving can be a big investment for women. You keep having to buy razor after razor after razor to keep your legs nice and smooth because legs are long and faces are short. I hear that the average woman can spend over $10,000 in two months of her lifetime removing hair. <laughs> That's crazy of accurate. Anyway, meet Flamingo. It's a new brand of razor, y'all. And maybe you've heard of Harry's. Yeah. Yeah, that's the gentleman's version. Harry's is the parent company. They are becoming Harry's Inc., and Flamingo was founded by a collective of women among the employees of Harry's who said, hey, we can do this even better for the ladies. And they didn't name it Harriet's, which, hey, kind hmm. of a loss, but hmm. it's all right. It's pretty cute how they came up with the name. You tell it, Ross. You tell the story. Yeah. So uh, the Flamingo title is a nod to the idea that as a woman is shaving in the shower, she takes on many contorted poses that look not unlike a flamingo. Yeah, I can buy into that. It was really nice. They sent a flamingo kit for Kara to use. Ah. Again, she loves this. We just keep getting all these cool things sure. for her to try. And she said she used it and it's great. Great. Uh, and and they also gave me a Harry's kit, Aww, which is very nice. Nice. Which was good timing because on our trip where we did all of our live shows recently, I broke the one razor that I've had for about 15 years, I think. Uh, yes. This, I mean, no wonder you don't like to shave if you are using a 15-year-old razor. Well, I mean, the blades I have purchased, but I use them way longer than anyone is supposed to. But the, oh. but the, the actual base. Oh, it's all about that base. About that base. <laughs> it's all no about treble. the base. Nope. Got it. Okay. Carrie was picturing me using the same Yes, blades. I was. And you told me this in Seattle and I was like, oh, Ross, God. Yeah, I was picturing you using like a completely rusted up blade. But I'll buy one of those five pack cartridges and th that'll last me for years. Mm -hmm. So I am using okay. them a ridiculously long time. Right. So it was very nice. I hadn't even used shaving gel for a long time. Good grief. Because one of my friends told me about uh, using conditioner. Oh, yeah. Which works. So yep, I, I'd been works. using conditioner. It's not but, as good, but it's fine. But the Harry's get, came with this shaving cream. And it felt so luxurious. Like, yeah, oh, you must just felt like the king of, of somewhere very hairy. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you were like trying Bavaria, maybe Prussia. I don't know. What countries were you going to say? Uh, oh, I, I don't know. I really didn't think of any particular area. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, I, I came to work very well shaven and told everyone to appreciate it while it lasted. So listen. The Flamingo Shave Set includes ergonomic weighted razors with a textured grip and a hydrating aloe strip. It's got two five-blade cartridges. I don't have to do the math for you, but that's 10 blades in all. And it uses all the same high-quality blades that they use in the Harry's products. And also they've designed the blade so it has kind of curved edges around it so you can get those hard-to-reach spots without shaving the parts that you don't want to reach. And there's foaming shave gel... 
body lotion that hydrates and exfoliates at the same time, and you get a little hook to store your razor in the shower and a reusable travel pouch. Come on. It's the whole deal. And all these products are cruelty-free. They're made without parabens, sulfates, mineral oil, or petrochemicals. So if you're avoiding those things, don't worry. You can still use Flemings. So this is a $22 value, but for you, because you are our listeners, it's $16 and it ships free. Oh my goodness. It's so easy. So this is the brand that Vogue, Glamour, Well and Good, and Fast Company are all talking about. You can get a set with all your shave essentials from Flamingo by going to shopflamingo.com slash ono, O-H-N-O. That's shopflamingo.com slash ono. Cool. Oh, and by the way, we were talking about the the form of diet that they didn't teach us about, but they yeah. asked us about. That was actually later in Module 7, but it was the brat diet. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Because I was thinking like, oh, I thought I looked it up and it was just like a very plain diet. Mm. And is that what the brat is? Yeah, the bananas, rice, rice applesauce, applesauce, toast. toast. Yeah. And it's helpful for sensitive stomachs. That's true. I've used that when I've had, you know, let's say it, folks, the big D, diarrhea. Mm. And you have diarrhea. Go ahead and just have some toast all day. You'll be okay tomorrow. And after each one of these, as we've mentioned, there's an assessment. And so what it is, is it's a a series of questions. So for module three, it was 10 questions. And so the first one was, what is the difference between a vegetarian and a raw food diet? Mm. And so then you're told how many marks are awarded for that question. So that was a two mark question. So I put in my answer. Question two, what determines whether a food is acid or alkaline? Marks awarded one. And yet my answer was just as long for that one. And I went and did exterior oh, yeah. research on, well, what exactly is involved with the, the pH balance in food? Also, what recommendations would you give to a client about food preparation in regard to health and weight loss? Three points That's awarded. very vague. Oh, I hated the vague questions because then I felt I needed to anticipate every possible yeah, angle. Yeah, your client for. could have anything. And you assume like they're going, they're looking for certain key words in your response because mm-hmm. I doubt they're reading all of this blather that we're generating anyways question 10 what are the risks that come with a vegan diet Mm. marks two you want to hear my answer yeah you're like you might start liking pigeons way too much (laughs) yeah right you won't know i'm recording you even though it's very obvious naming them (laughs) after your grandmother a vegan diet can be very healthy but requires care and knowledge to provide nutrients typically found in animal products in order to round out one's diet A vegan must be sure to consume adequate levels of amino acids, saturated fats, omega-3 fatty acids, cholesterol, vitamin D, zinc, calcium, and vitamin B12, either in their food sources or with supplementation. There's actually a really good book called Vegan for Life that's by a vegan nutritionist named Jack Norris. And you know what? He has a co-author. I think her name is Jenny Messina. Hmm. I've met Jack. I haven't met Jenny. I really respect them because... They're so good at like, even though they're both vegans and they both want you to be vegan, Mm -hmm. they will tell you like, yeah, these are the parts you have to do. And it's not as easy as if you eat meat. We do have these bodies that evolution gave us. And yeah, yeah, some things we do have to actively monitor. Which is so refreshing because people tend to just be like, I need need to to sing its praises. Right. I need to build this airtight case where there's just like no downside to the thing I'm promoting. Mm -hmm. But then you, you know, it doesn't pass the sniff test because it's like, well, there's a downside to everything. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Uh, That's good. Yeah. So anyway, vegan for life. I recommend it. Well done. 
All right. We haven't been sharing our results. Uh, what did you get on oh, modules sorry. two and three? Oh, my goodness. I am so sorry. Okay. Go into my messages so that I can get lost again. Um, <laughs> Maybe leave that one open in a tab. Nope. Didn't. Oh. Too late. Okay. Okay. Module two. 96.67. Oh, very nice. And you? I got 100% on that one. 100%. Can we just skip it? Did you get 100% on all of them? Yeah. Every single one? (laughs) You robbed my fun there. Yeah. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Well, was it worth spending 17 extra hours on? (laughs) (laughs) No, but I'm going to say yes. (laughs) Um, And module three. But I I like that we tested both approaches to taking this, and we both passed with distinction. Uh, And module three, I got 96%. Okay. And it probably took me... You know, 25 minutes. Right. But, you know, you could spend five hours and get four extra percent. (laughs) Going back, clicky, clicky, clicky. Module four was environmental pollutants. I was oddly excited. Like, oh, they're going to have some weird stuff here. And they they did not disappoint. Oh, did they not? It's been a while since I... um, did this because uh, oh, yeah, Car- I was so quick at it. Yeah, Carrie finished this right away. And then <laughs> I would not do anything on my course for long blocks of time. Right. And then come back and do a bunch and then go away for a while and come back. And then I'd mention, oh, don't forget your naturopath thing. I and s- you'd say, I never forget. I think about it every night. Oh, yeah. No, it, it's always on my to-do list. Right. So I'm thinking about it constantly when I'm in the shower in the morning. I think of everything I haven't done for the past 15 years. Yeah, you told me that once that like you'll still think of like things you promised to do for someone in mm-hmm. the 90s. Yep, and I'll still feel guilty if I haven't done it to my satisfaction. Yeah. Though that's... thankfully, my brain will empty of all of that at nighttime. That's good. Yeah, so when I need to go to bed, I can't recall a single thing I need to do. Okay. That's but, good. But I wake up with my brain just racing like, oh, you got wow. 80 things yeah. we got to do. That doesn't seem <laughs> perfect. It is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's a system and I'm sticking to it. That's that's me. The devil you know, right? All right. Learning objectives. At the end of this module, you're going to be familiar with carcinogenic properties of the food we cook. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We'll understand the health dangers of processed food and be aware of the dangers of modern technology affecting our food. Yeah. Uh-oh. Oh, okay. Okay. Here we go. I we're see get- what's happening. We're getting into the meat. <laughs> Ironic. Let's see. Types of environmental pollutants. We get chemicals. Okay. Chemicals. Bad. There are some <laughs> chemicals that are bad. Now, this is where it's important to note everything is made out of chemicals. Uh-huh. Unless it's a pure element. Right. You are made out of chemicals. That's right. Whatever healthy food you're eating is also made of chemicals. Right. We need to be a little more specific. Yes. And then the objection is always like, okay, fine, but we use chemicals as shorthand for like synthetic chemicals. Okay. Right. Or, okay, we're getting closer. Except there are many. But there are many synthetic es- chemicals that are good for Wonderful, you. essential synthetic chemicals and also ones that are hard to pronounce. That's another metric uh-huh. that's used. Oh, well, if you can't read it, you shouldn't eat it. Right. Also, nope. not necessarily not the case. Or if it's natural, it's good for you. Nope. Definitely not the case. Arsenic is natural. Right. If we were living our natural lifespans, I would be dead. I would I would have died around 30. Yeah, we have improved upon nature. Yep. Just to sort of break the spell of this, I always know, well, when you 
walk down the vitamin aisle at Whole Foods, you know, you are walking down an aisle of mostly chemicals, mm-hmm. like, and many of them synthetic because we isolated the vitamins you needed and then we built them back up and we said, she only needs vitamin A in this pill. That's all she needs. And that took quite a bit of science. Everything is improved with more and better knowledge. Yeah. So there's here. nothing about the manufacturing process itself or science itself, you know, that's dangerous. And anything that you believe is dangerous or know is dangerous, you probably know because of better and better science. That's right. Whenever someone points out, oh, well, you know, this turned out to be very dangerous and it was bad. And how did we find out about that? More science. More science. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All, All right. right. <laughs> you <laughs> so, get it. So we've learned about chemicals. Carcinogens. That's another little sub-chapter here. Mm-hmm. All about charred or burned foods. Avoid those. Overcooked mm-hmm. meat. That's good, good advice. You don't have too much sugar. That's true. We have too much sugar in our diets. Yeah. I don't mean just you and me, that we mm-hmm. probably do. Just yeah. generally, there's yeah, too I much mean, sugar. You have a key lime tart in front of you, <laughs> so that's you. possible. Thank you for that. Thank you for all these chemicals, Carrie. <laughs> Sorry. Trans fats, yeah, okay. We should definitely reduce those. It says soft drinks, comma, due to all the added chemicals and sugar. You know, what's interesting about that is, yes, true, too much sugar, bad, but you could also get too much sugar from, like, juice. Oh, sure. Yeah. There's a warning here about artificial sweeteners. I think a lot of that fear is overhyped. Yeah, that one, that one seems like one of those where I'm like, okay, this is a little gray. I'll I'll give it to you. Yeah, it's I feel like I've heard people on both sides of that argument kind of oversell their points a little bit. But yeah, it's not a cut and dry like this is toxic. Right. Excessive alcohol consumption? Sure, that's yeah. bad. Yeah. Okay, I'm Definitely. with you there. We learn about air pollution. Yeah. That's bad. Bad, thumbs down. Water pollution. Yep, also bad. Bad, we don't like it. Okay, food processing and storage. So here we get into like BPA, um, Mm -hmm. which fair enough. I mean, now again, like BPA, it doesn't seem like it's quite as dangerous as some people propose. Right, and how much is actually getting into the the food itself? How much are you actually ingesting and what is it doing to you? Yeah, I think a lot of those fears are overblown. Yeah, but there are actual effects. It's a real thing that like you can go read up on. I'm not going to try to summarize it all. but I, I think just to zoom out for a moment we mm-hmm. all we all live much longer lives and healthier lives than any of our predecessors yeah. none of us can live much longer than like a hundred years old mm-hmm. that's a, a fairly hard limit and the thing I'm always wondering is what exactly do they hope to achieve you know if we avoid all of these chemicals etc like how would you measure the improvement certainly you're going to hmm. breathe easier move easier, stay healthy and mobile and active. But as long as you're doing all of that, those measurable things, I I just always wonder what are they trying to maximize here? Right. Well, I think person defending that viewpoint would say, well, no, I am just trying to get to 100. But those people who die earlier, the people who die in their 50s and 60s from cancer, I think that's because they're eating these chemicals or they're Mm. breathing this toxic air. Yeah. And and I would say maybe 80% of that concern is warranted, but there's like, there's a bell curve here and, Uh you know, we all kind of live within this one general Mm -hmm. range for most bodies, you know, a healthy diet. But beyond that, I think there's like an extra level of Mm -hmm. care and concern that's just, it's not going to buy you much. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I, I think that's probably okay. true. That that's just always kind of where my mind goes when we're talking about these things. Like, okay, how how much 
effort is this really worth? Mm-hmm. We, we've already created such a healthy atmosphere for ourselves. How cool is that, that I can go eat anywhere and I don't have to generally worry about being poisoned? Yeah, partly because of regulation. Yes. Oh, thank you, regulation. Hugely thanks to regulation. Yeah. We need the FDA. Please don't take it away. <laughs> right. Anyway. Part two, sweeteners. Sweeteners. It suppresses the immune system. Is that true? Does sugar suppress the immune system? Probably. That sounds right. We are All not right. doctors. We are yeah. not Sydney McElroy. Huh. This is interesting. So you and I both have naturopath degrees. And we're both sitting here looking at this and we're like, does it suppress the immune system? I don't know. Give me $75 and I'll heal your pancreas. Well, our diploma certification did tell us that that is the case. So, yes. Okay. That is there our, you go. That is Might our training. True. Can lead to ovarian cancer. That's a high concern for me. Weakens eyesight. Can cause hypoglycemia. <laughs> yeah. I think yes, by yeah. definition. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hypo meaning high, glycemia meaning sugar. Sure. Really, it's the only thing that can cause hypoglycemia. <laughs> oh, no, no, you're about to get so many emails. Well, actually, Ross, there's a lot of things that can cause hypoglycemia. Yes, please send me those emails. <laughs> Tooth decay, of course. Yeah. Here's an interesting statement. Other natural sweeteners <laughs> that haven't been studied enough are stevia, stevia, agave, molasses, rice syrup, and barley malt. Two uh, of the healthiest sweeteners are maple syrup and honey. Okay. Those have been studied to their satisfaction. <laughs> okay, great. And then, of course, we talk about artificial sweeteners and these. Oh, bad, of course. Most provide no nutritional value and are low in calories. That kind of is the point. But they can cause disastrous health effects. And listen, guys, I'm not very learned on this area. And again, this Carrie's is, got her hands up to the I'm side. Old, stop her, my she's, mom will shoot. She's you know, raising the roof almost. <laughs> this is another area where I feel like people kind of overstate a little bit on both sides. And I think actually it's kind of like that thing we're talking about with the veganism where it's like everybody's just so gung-ho defending. Making the case. Yeah, defending the side that it's like, oh, there's probably a nuanced place in the middle here somewhere. I felt that was a very saccharine response. Oh. That's one of the artificial sweeteners. Saccharine also acesulfame K. I've never heard of that one before. It, it does say K on the end. That wasn't Ross just saying, okay. It says acesulfame K. Sulfamec? Sulfame K. Then uh, one of my favorite terms, food additives. Oh, yes. Which is another one of those. It can be used reasonably, that phrase, but it also can be used in this very dismissive way where it's like, oh, those are just additives. Mm-hmm. Well, any uh, you could say flour is an additive to cake, you know? Right. You added it. But... Oh, there's a very long list here. It, yeah. Here they seem to be saying things that are added to extend the shelf life of yes. the food. Yes. And uh, typically, these do come with lots of testing to make sure that they are not harmful to humans. But uh, they're telling us to stay away from humectants and stabilizers and glazing agents and bulking agents, etc. Yep. Stick with the natural stuff. This was something I found when answering questions was that I would kind of vacillate between using credible sources and filling in just genuine information. And then every now and then I had that desire to put in some note about avoiding cell phone radiation oh, uh-huh. or, or something that was pseudoscientific. How did you feel about that? Did you kind of purposefully put in? Oh, yeah. I think I pretty much just did what they were asking me to do. Okay. So coughed up whatever they had told me. Yeah. Yeah. Did I- you ever kind of take that to an extreme just to see if they'd catch it? Well, when I finally did my 
client assessment yes. where I had to uh, basically have a friend act as my client. This is module eight she's talking about. Yeah, but I'll tell you when we get okay, there. Okay, okay. So then we talk about flavorings. You can guess how they felt about that. Not good. Now, if you tried to fact check them on all this, by all means, you could spend 150 hours in this course. Yeah, that's true. And maybe that's the way to do it. Part four, food irradiation. What do you guys think? They're going to think it's good? Yeah, radiation. Is that good, Carrie? Uh, Radiation's never good. There's no reason. Actually, I'm not sure. Did they say... um, Okay, they did say the arguments for food irradiation include the fact that it makes food safer, reduces illness and pathogens in the food supply, and stops the growth of microorganisms in transit and during storage. (laughs) Never mind. It says ionizing radiation works by damaging the DNA within microorganisms beyond repair (gasps) and disrupting enzyme action. But then they go on to say, you know, it doesn't become radioactive. So, yeah, that's good. But they they keep using words like supposedly, like, since irradiation is just a concentrated form of energy transfer, it supposedly does not affect food any more than normal cooking. It's just sort of that, you know, Mm -hmm. little... uh, Sneaking in. Yeah, a little... That little bit of... uh, Uncertainty. Right. Um, So some concerns and objections include the possibility that food irradiation has been tied with the following negative effects, free radicals, vitamin deficiencies at very high doses, (laughs) increase in aflatoxin, aflatoxin, okay, which which is produced by microorganisms that have been irradiated and chronaxi change in rats. Oh, no. Oh, I like a rat with its original Cronaxi. <laughs> I don't like a changed Cronaxi. Apparently, Cronaxi is the minimum amount of time needed to stimulate a muscle or nerve fiber using an electric current twice the strength required to elicit a threshold response. Okay, see, I don't want that to change in a rat. <laughs> All right. The next section is on electropollution. Oh, no. And it's just what you would expect. Oh, no. Yeah, okay, guys. The dangers of EMF exposure. This is not good. It's not a thing. But counterpoint, it's a thing. Electropollution <laughs> is that which comes from an electromagnetic field, which may be a devastating health threat and is a growing international concern. Yep, exposure may be linked to cardiovascular disease, Lou Gehrig's, breast cancer, Alzheimer's. Jesus. Or impaired learning, insomnia, infertility, brain fog, miscarriage, anxiety, and depression. And by the time you get to the end of that list, you forget that the word may was in there. Mm-hmm. May be linked to. Yeah, this has been studied at the wazoo, you guys. This is it's just not a thing. Not accurate. No. Okay, how'd you do on module four? 100%. 100%. Hey, what? guess what, fucker? Me too. <laughs> oh, hey. All right, high five. <laughs> Boom. All right, let's breeze through these, Blotcher. What was module five? Detoxification. Oh, no. (laughs) That's a good one. Oh, boy. (gasps) Going there. I'm going there. So this part's all about... (laughs) It's about all the bad things that toxins can do to you that they'll make you all... You know, enervated and and put bags under your eyes and give you all kinds of extra aches and pains. Essentially, anything to do with just the normal ravages of one's body is the result of toxins. Which is like almost 
it's, it's, it's close to true. There are toxins in our environment. They do have negative effects on you. Those yep. things are true. But you're not going to get rid of them by, you know, drinking some weird tea and then pulling your poop out your butt. That's not how it works. Yeah, the the danger here is to throw the baby out with the bathwater, overreact, and just say, oh, toxins are never a problem. Right. Yes, there are environmental toxins that we do need to worry about. Yeah. The, generally, again, we live in a culture, most of us in the developed world who listen to podcasts, live in a space where we've been largely protected from a lot of these toxins and they're generally special cases if we have them in our diets or environments and we get to be insulated from things like botulism you know that are totally natural uh, and it's really like the unnaturalness of domesticity that has let us Avoid them. But we can kind of revel in that. Yeah. So they tell us about different types of detoxification. There's a lot of description of juicing, which mm. we've done for the podcast before. Gotta juice. You gotta juice, you guys. Bowel, liver, kidney cleanses, parasite programs. They put a lot of emphasis on like, oh, you know what? You may have parasites in your body that you should get tested for and have oh, removed. Right. Again, this is a kind of an extreme case. It does happen. It happens. For sure. Also, like, what are you counting as a parasite? Do I have organisms in my body that aren't necessarily benefiting me and just are living off my gut flora? Probably. Right. But they're not doing anything to me. But I was getting the impression as a budding naturopath that Mm -hmm. I should really be testing everyone who comes under my care for parasites. I have a friend who was telling me about her health woes that I won't get into, but she said, and I went to, she called them a witch doctor, and she said, and she told me that I had a tapeworm. No, no. Yeah, and and that's what it was. And I was like, and did a tapeworm come out of you? You know, because like, I mean, there's a vague possibility there, right? And she, she was like, well, no, because then you do this whole remedy and so on, and but it's gone. And I was like, "Well, where <laughs> did do you, you think ever it see went? evidence of it having been there to begin?" Right, because it's a whole worm. I'm trying not to say her name. It's a whole. I'm gonna rename her. It's a whole worm, Hannah. <laughs> like it should come out in pieces out of your butt. And she's like, "I don't think so." I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> That's how that works. Now you can. End that phrase by saying, and I'm a certified naturopath. Not even then, a witch doctor. Then she'll listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should. What are some additional types of detoxification? Well, of course, there's enemas. Okay, so again, yes, enemas are actually can be good, but there are only certain circumstances you should be using them. There's a very long list of things that it can help with here, including flu. Interesting. Mm. Sore throat. You know what? If you <laughs> That's have, the wrong end. If you have a sore throat, I don't think you immediately I need to give yourself an enema. Sore throat enema. Uh, yeah, I'm just getting a bunch of like, you know, uh, natural news type this websites. This is one of those things where the British spelling greatly differs. Diarrhea is spelled D-I-A-R-R-H-O-E-A. I've yeah. seen that, Interesting. yeah. They also recommend enemas for dehydration. There's other ways to hydrate. Yeah, I also don't even know that that would help with your dehydration. Because I, I mean, you're flushing stuff out of there. Look, just drink some water. I don't think you're going to absorb a If you're dehydrated, drink water. Yeah. Yeah, drink water. Also, you know, I will say this. When my mother had 
cancer and she was dehydrated from the chemo, the doctor did say, if you can't keep water down, take a bath, you'll at least absorb some through oh. your skin. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Oh, yeah. Okay. Colonic uh, irrigation, our old friend. Oh, boy. My favorite moment at Rhythmia when I got to look down and see the tower of feces that came out of me. And of course, they spell fecal matter F-A-E-C-A-L. Just don't get tired of these spellings. Uh, <laughs> they do at least differentiate that a colonic irrigation is more invasive than just an enema mm, and that mm -hmm. you shouldn't use it recreationally or all the time, that there are some actual dangers associated with it. Okay, so good. Kudos to them for doing that. Okay, cool. now here's an actual good one. Exercise. Exercise. Yeah. Yeah. I we, don't, does that? That gets I, the Ross and Carey stamp of approval. That's a good thing to do. Does it actually remove toxins? Well... Yeah, that's a whole other question. A lot of people think that there are toxins that come out with your sweat. That is not a thing. That's not true, right? Your sweat is there to cool you down, and that's about it. But I do think, isn't there something, I'm speaking way out of my depth here, but isn't there something with exercise and like, I want to say vitamin C, that you're like, you break down a certain vitamin as oh, your- um, I don't know. As you, and that's why you get like muscle pain. Oh, well, that's uh, when you're starting to use lactic acid. Oh, okay. Well, that's you, not a toxin. No. You, right. You're starting to go into anaerobic. Anaerobic, yeah. Exercise. Someone named Anna <laughs> should do an aerobic video called anaerobic. <laughs> <laughs> it just never acknowledge. Yeah. That, <laughs> that it actually, this is aerobic, Anna. That would... <laughs> <laughs> no, this is anaerobic. That's a that's a great idea. I am all for it. That is up there with my call-in show. Uh, Maybe I'll ask my friend Anna Akana to do it. One thing I love under exercises here is that they really push the practice of rebounding, uh -huh. which is jumping on a small trampoline. Oh yeah, and has been shown to be the best exercise to detox and improve immune function. When you are at the top of the jump, the weightlessness experience actually helps pump lymph through your body, which aids the flushing out of toxins from the rest of the body. Rebounding can help initiate healing after jumping a few minutes for only a few days. Is that true? That explanation about the toxins and the top of the jump sounds silly, but it's true that running on a trampoline is good because, you know, it's basically no impact running. Oh, wait, you're talking about a treadmill. This is a trampoline. Like no, I'm talking about a trampoline. Or like running on a trampoline? Yeah, in place. You never seen is that do a thing? That? No. Yeah. Huh? Oh yeah, I used to do that in uh, my parents' house, and our good friend Jude does that for exercise. You just you get like a little trampoline, you watch your TV or whatever, and you run on it, and it's kind of like an elliptical. There's no impact. Oh, and it like just keeps you in the center of the trampoline. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I've learned a new thing. <laughs> Everyone's gonna be like. How has he never heard about running on trampolines? I, I really haven't. Yeah. I'm sure people are also going to tell me how great rebounding is, but I don't know. It just sounded funny, at least from that description. Saunas. Saunas uh, flush out toxins through perspiration. Who knew? Yeah, Not me. I didn't know that, and I still don't. Then one of my favorites, energetics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so here the idea is to do energy work on someone mm -hmm. in order to detoxify them, mm -hmm. clear out imbalances, release energy that isn't serving you, facilitate health and well-being. And here are some things that energy work can help with. Okay. Reducing pain, reducing stress, reducing anxiety, depression, helps with the effects of trauma, neglect, and abuse. Hmm. Um, <laughs> helps you get rid of grief 
or the side effects of chemotherapy. And so then they spell out Qigong, Reiki, Tong Ren therapy, vibrational medicine, prayer, which can be considered a type of energy work, and polarity therapy. I haven't heard of a couple of those. Yeah. So future investigations for us to learn about. Yeah. And like, and no sourcing is offered here, by the way. There's nope. I mean, not even like for any of this. Yeah. For any of it. It's just, but not even this is the source. This is your test that was written by who knows. I don't know that if this would be better, but not even, hey, go read more about this at, you know, energywork.com. There's, I mean, we are getting all the information here and you don't need anything else. Yeah. Citations needed, but not provided. Mm-hmm. All right. So then we move on to module six. It's all about natural healing. Wait, so- what'd you get on module five? hundred. <laughs> now that you've spoiled it. Let me see what I got on module five. Probably gave this a good 15 minutes of my life. And I got a 91.67, a little bit lower. Ooh, nice. Unless you're able to discuss the semiotics of direwolves in Game of Thrones, Inside Pop is definitely not for you. Sean, that's a little extreme and also not quite true. Okay, Amita, how about Inside Pop is the podcast for people who love and appreciate the best pop culture has to offer? Much better. In every episode, we interview the people who create the culture you crave. Past interviews include Luke Cage showrunner Cheo Hadari Coker, the music supervisor of The Florida Project, and Mudbound director Dee Rees. You'll also get the very best pop culture recommendations in our Big Cell segment. Plus the opinions of two TV producers who are pop culture obsessives and actually do care a lot about direwolves. Which, of course, symbolize our inability to truly connect with the natural world without ultimately destroying it and in the process destroying ourselves. Listen to Inside Pop every other Wednesday on the Maximum Fun Podcast Network. All right, Module 6, the natural healing systems. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness we finally get to the natural systems. No, oh, yeah, this is where it got rich. I couldn't believe when I clicked on Part 1, Traditional Medicine, and they started with the four, the four humors. humors. I was like, wait, what are we doing? What is happening True here? True tradition. Thankfully, they said the four humors is an ancient discredited system of medicine from Roman and Greek times. Okay. But then there's a chart, so you can at least learn the differences between blood, yellow bile, black bile, and phlegm, and how they affect the body. Yeah. Then we get into Ayurveda. Right. And that is treated much more seriously here. Mm -hmm. It says, still used by 80% of those living in India. I don't know if that's true. It could be. A lot of questions were about this Ayurveda section. So we had to answer a lot mm-hmm. of questions about the different elements of space, air, fire, water, and earth, and the, the vata dosha. And oh, yeah, the, the different doshas. Pitta dosha. Oh, so many questions Remind about Remind me what a dosha is. The kapha dosha. A uh, dosha is... Oh, they're also humors. Yep. Doshas, the bodily humors that make up a person's constitution. Yeah, and each of them embody certain aspects of each of those elements. It's interesting, too, because they're willing to say the four humors... Um, as studied in Roman and Greek times, those are outdated, but not these ones from other places that are probably equally outdated. But I I think there's probably some well-meaning hesitancy to call that out because it's it's so culturally practiced yeah yeah it's it's a still prevalent and b the populations involved are like you know 
underserved in our own cultures. So there's this sure. sort of sometimes like overcompensation for bending over backwards and being like, everything from your culture is okay. Yeah. Whereas this, there are amazing doctors from India who would say like, well, no, this is not <laughs> science though. Yeah. Right. Sometimes there were, I don't have any ready examples, but there were just certain things that would sort of conflict with what we'd learned before mm. or with what Ayurveda told us versus what traditional Chinese medicine told us, which is the next section. Mm -hmm. So I don't think any of that was called out as pointing to like, oh, well, we have an issue here where they're kind of disagreeing with each other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's just here it is. But yeah. I thought that was humorous. Yeah. Um, then there's what's called traditional Chinese medicine. So they tell us a lot more about that, traditional healing principles. And I think here they really got to some issues that are important or essential to what it means to be a naturopath or mm. kind of the philosophy of naturopathy. And the first was the law of cure. Yeah, this was the first time I had heard of this. It's this way of looking at healing people in that you should be targeting the inside first and that healing happens from the inside out and from the top down. But also that the most recent symptom to arrive will be the first to leave. Right. So you want and, to go in reverse order. Right. And you should expect to. So let's say my whole life I've suffered from gout. Mm -hmm. That seems unlikely. Let's say my whole life I've suffered from anxiety. Okay. But then in the last year, I've started having gastrointestinal issues. Okay, now if I start to get to the underlying cause of these complaints, the gastrointestinal issues will likely be the first to go, and that anxiety is probably going to be the most stubborn and stick around the longest. And their critique here of medicine, as, as we mostly understand in terms of hospitals and doctors, is that they just treat symptoms. Mm -hmm. You're coming in and you're saying, oh, I've got a sore throat. And they give you something to treat the sore throat, send you on your way. Whereas here, they're saying that the naturopath is not just dismissing these small symptoms. They're trying mm -hmm. to get to these root causes and really get to the base of what's ailing you, which is interesting. It reminds me a bit of psychologically what we saw with like CBT or what Teal Swan was uh -huh. trying to do with her therapies on a psychological level. Yeah. Get to the, find these root causes and eradicate those right. instead of the manifestations it's also interesting because i do think the criticism is kind of fair it mm -hmm. is true that in medicine as we understand it today a lot of times you just don't have much time with the doctor and all the doctor can really do is go okay you have a lot of headaches okay uh we'll treat your headaches you know that can be true yeah there is an element of fairness to that critique yeah. and but, yeah, a lot of it is time-based and just right? kind of how the system is engineered that we don't focus as much on prevention but then it's that second part that i'm like oh wait hang on where <laughs> they say and we do do that and we can cure the thing that ails you it's like well the reason that the doctor can't do that necessarily is because she or he doesn't have the time and resource to do it. Why do you? You yeah, know what? Yeah. What is it that you have at your disposal that they don't? Because if it's the four humors, and, I don't think we're going to get any further. And pretty much by definition, people are coming to the doctors once things have gotten out of hand, mm -hmm, when it's mm -hmm. impeding their way of living. And so, yeah, the first thing that doctor is going to try to do is just get you back to normal life. Especially if you're always telling people that doctors are. Evil, money-grabbing weirdos. <laughs> ah, they're not. They're not. Maybe three of them are. Yeah. So 
Oh, yeah. Okay. And then we get three paragraphs on basic naturopathy. So with our certificate of naturopathy, we have learned three paragraphs worth about basic naturopathy. Naturopathy is a form of alternative medicine based on the idea that vital energy guides body processes such as growth, reproduction, metabolism, and adaptation. Naturopathy is a holistic approach that avoids the use of modern medicine principles like drugs, pharmacology, and surgery. Naturopathy is derived from nature disease in Greek and Latin. It began in the late 18th century in Europe, so not as ancient as one might assume. Mm -hmm. That's me talking back to the paragraph. There are three types of naturopathic practitioners, naturopathic physicians, traditional naturopaths, and other healthcare providers that utilize naturopathic philosophy and principles. Naturopathy makes use of many different treatment regimes, including counseling, herbal medicine, nutritional medicine, lifestyle advice, homeopathy, and massage. And then they just go on to tell us naturopaths focus on self-healing, that if you go for a consultation, your naturopath's going to talk about your history and your emotions and, you know, mm-hmm. all that makes you up instead of just looking at the symptom. We're really trying to unlock the body's ability to heal itself, you know, which is, I mean, on some level, fine. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes. We learn about functional medicine. This was kind of confusing. They say it's a type of alternative medicine often used by conventional healthcare providers. Yes. Functional medicine assumes that nutrition, diet, and environmental exposures to toxins play the main role in illness and disease. Okay. Then we have an extra section on Chinese principles. Whatever reason wasn't included in part two, traditional Chinese medicine. But we learn about the balance between... Chi and other terms I'm going to mispronounce. So what did you get on module six, Ross? 100%. So did I. Hey, hey. hey. all right. You didn't need to spend that much time. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> Anyways, we're taught a lot of different ways to uh, use Chinese principles to detect the six excesses, cold, wind, dampness, fire, heat, summer heat, and dryness. So module seven is about nutritional application for diseases, We won't go through all of these, but we're going to learn how to treat a whole bunch of things. Muscular skeletal disorders, cardiovascular disease, autoimmune and infectious disease, respiratory and urinary disorders, diseases of the senses, mental and eating disorders, female and male health problems, diseases of babies and the elderly, chronic disorders. So just to review, I've paid 30 bucks. Mm -hmm. I've spent eight and a half hours on the internet. Yeah. And you could come to me for your disease of the elderly for what, Alzheimer's? You can come to me with your female health problems. And at each turn, we were taught various diets to recommend people. Right. Most most of it was dietary advice. And I mean, like cancer's in here, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, yikes. I feel like answering these questions took up a good chunk of the time that I spent. There's a section that if I printed this out, it would be less than a page about cancer. And it says, basically tell people to take mushrooms. <laughs> not, 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 not psychogenic. <laughs> yeah. But shiitake mushrooms, because they might stop cancer growth eat a lot of iron and so on. I mean, they're not saying do these things instead of taking medicine to their credit, but... You could very well be distracting me from something that would really help me out in a time-critical situation. Yes, and if this doesn't work, 
what's really to stop me from saying, okay, yeah, you say I should do that too, but you also said this works. Why don't I just go ahead and try the thing that works and see if it does, you know? But it's like, yeah. no, it secretly probably doesn't. Right. Well, anyway. What are some of the chronic disorders listed? Diabetes, epilepsy. Oh, okay. Epilepsy ma- mentions the Atkins diet. That's what it was actually developed for. Oh, okay. As an epilepsy treatment. Uh, multiple sclerosis. Candida, of course. Got to talk about that candida. Seems like whenever I'm looking at pseudoscience around autism, mm-hmm. there's a lot of candida talk. Oh, interesting. Okay. So yeah, uh, what was that? Module seven? seven. Okay, hang on. Module seven, Carrie got a 94.29. Ooh, nice work. Yeah. What'd you get? 100. Oh, huh. <laughs> All right, so module eight, finally, we're at bringing theory into practice. And of course, as we're getting farther along, I'm thinking, well, now I have to keep getting 100. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, so this is where we learn to build our practice, have a business, how to protect yourself from lawsuits, stuff like that. Yeah, your clinical skills. So you're learning how to interact with people, how to set up your website, how to get some legal advice, get all your disclaimer forms. I thought that was a particularly... Uh, mm-hmm. funny slash useful section where you want to make sure when people are signing up for your services, they know that there are certain things you can't cure or claim to cure. Right. So they don't try to sue you later. They actually give you some sample forms. Assessments and how to get a snapshot of where your client is currently. You mentioned, you know, people skills, which I think is a great thing to learn on the internet by (laughs) reading a piece of paper. For sure. So one of the things we had to do was come up with our intake forms, find a friend to act as a client. Yeah. Give them the intake forms, give them an assessment, and then give them advice. And I did it with our... Friend and lawyer, Matthew Struger. Mm-hmm. So I sent him my Poppy Naturals intake form, okay. which is quite beautiful. Look, I decorated it. Uh, take a look there. It's got poppies on the side. We'll put these up on the Facebook group. Oh, yeah, group. this is very nice. Thank you. Thank you. And I got to say, I went to town on this. Yeah? Yeah. I put things in my little, what do you call them, sidebars? Oh, yes. That were utter nonsense just to see if the person grading it would notice nice well done so for example i have a note on vaccines saying that we don't recommend vaccinations and then it says because they are not natural much like soap roofs and toothpaste (laughs) roofs nice and then this is my favorite part practices may include homeopathy diet changes fitness changes emotional charging psychical withholding Barrier breaking, conversational manipulation, oh, chakra work, including balancing and unbalancing, Reiki. Here, this might be my favorite thing I came up with. Okay, mystifying readiness. Mystifying. All right. Yeah, I'm just coming up with phrases now. Mystifying readiness. <laughs> Cold reading, emphatic well manneredness. Applied kinesiology, dance therapy, endless tautology. (laughs) Endless tautology, that's good. (laughs) Handwriting analysis, fairy awareness, animal communication, prayer, psychic readings, love therapy, tinder breaking, sun dancing, lifestyle blogging, (laughs) rolfing, silver therapy, crystal work, implied meditation, (laughs) 
uh, ear candling, and many other modalities. Oh, wow. You really did go to town. As a healing professional, Curry Poppy will use her best judgment to tailor her treatments according to best practices for each client. Because integrative therapies rely on trial and error, some risk is always involved. Client assumes all risks up to and including an unintended third disoma or deactivation <laughs> of the body. <laughs> and... Uh, for those of you who didn't listen to episodes from the International Academy of Consciousness, the third disoma is death. death. <laughs> yep. That's great. Well, what was your evaluation on Module 8? Oh, let me look. Module 8. Because they didn't uh, mark up our responses with any notes or anything like that. Right. Okay. I misspoke when I said that other one was my lowest score. This was my lowest score. Oh, really? Okay. But it was still a B, 82.76%. Okay, I wonder what they docked you for. You know, I asked her, at one point I said, I wrote to her and said, is there any way to see the questions I missed? I'm just curious. It would be useful to make sure I understand everything. And she wrote back. Oh, and listed everything. So for okay. module eight, she said to gain full marks, the entire initial assessment form should be completed for the purpose of the exercise. When the questions are worth multiple marks, please answer in as much detail as possible to ensure you've demonstrated your understanding of the subject matter. So I think she was basically saying I should have gone on a bit longer. Okay. Okay. Well, for my module eight, which I did way after yours, uh-huh. I put together my little business, Blotcher Naturopathic. Great. Health and diet consultation, comma, homeopathic. And, uh, have my image here and some nice little graphics from the web. Oh, nice. Oh, that does look blissfully bad. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I chose as my subject, Tom Wicks, a friend of mine from work, an effects artist, very talented, also an amazing runner. He's our running aficionado for sure. Anyways, he's a great guy. I love him. And... I knew he would be open to this and willing to be open with his personal information because you oh, have, you have to ask a lot of personal yeah. information in these assessments. Uh, but I also knew he would have a, a good sense of humor about just playing along and you know reporting anything honestly that that this could help or not help. So yeah, I met with him at his house one day and had him fill out this intake form, and I brought along my scale to measure him and get his BMI and his waist circumference and all of that. So put all of that nice. on the intake forms, and he told me about his knee pains and allergy to arugula and I was filling out all these notes and then did put in some things like I mentioned that he really needs to avoid power lines near his house mm. and that there's probably too many GMOs in his diet mm. and that food irradiation may be an issue because he did say that he sometimes microwaves certain things mm. so you know I did put in some of that there but for the most part just gave some healthy normal advice he doesn't eat meat products so uh, Couldn't put that in there. He gets a lot of exercise. If anything, maybe too much exercise. Uh, sure. He's running like, I don't know, 40 miles a week or something crazy oh, like gosh. that. Anyway, he's a generally healthy guy, but uh, I got to just jump in there and say, well, maybe you need to take it down a notch on the coffee and the alcohol. And so those are my recommendations for him. Well, my recommendations for Matthew were to spend more time outdoors in the evenings, avoiding full sun. Take more time to relax and enjoy sweet foods like fruit, to wear cool colors like green, blue, and white, (laughs) 
And because he is experiencing knee joint inflammation, I would like him to try a light version of the anti-inflammation diet, focusing on leafy greens and vegetables and avoiding processed foods as much as possible. Okay. And so I sent him those recommendations on September 24th, 2018. Yeah. And I followed up on January 3rd, 2019. Oh, nice. Said, hi, Matthew. This is your naturopath, Carrie Poppy. I'm just checking in to see how your knee pain is going. Uh, and he said, green clothes and food have resulted in in being great. <laughs> so his knee pain is completely gone because he's been wearing green clothes. Nice. I responded that um, I have a 94% miracle rate. <laughs> yeah, I I gave him a lot of dietary advice things to try: walnuts, flax seeds, chia seeds. I wouldn't recommend walnuts for you. Yep, good call. I yep. uh, told him to stick with the vegan diet, but you know, let's work towards uh, lower coffee intake, sweets. I know he has a big sweet tooth. Mm. Man loves licorice. Ugh, I know most oh, people weirdo. don't. But it's so gross. I'm also allergic great. to it, but it is disgusting. I realize that is one of the polarizing candies, and one of the few that you can actually like. It has a toxin in it. Oh, really? You can get sick from it. Really? Mm -hmm. Oh. You have to eat a bunch of it. Oh, okay. I'm sure he's fine. I promised him an assessment. I have not actually sent him like his own dietary advice. So I just kind of fudged that whole thing about Mm -hmm. what happened a week later. But that's a good test of this system. Sure. I could do that. Get away with it. And okay. And then finally, module nine was our final exam, which was quite long. Yes. Oh, my goodness. This took me about five and a half hours to get through the whole thing. What? I was like, oh, my God, this is taking forever. This is taking like 80 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Like some of them were questions we'd been asked before. Uh I was so thankful because at least I could dredge up my old answer. But even then, I would reformat it and try to add to it. Not necessary, folks. Nope. How'd you do on your final assessment? It was 30 questions, by the way. Okay, so I think I think I spent like a little over an hour. I got ninety seven point five two percent. How long did you take? Five and a half hours. Oh my god! Well, you know, you got that extra two point four eight percent out of it. Thankfully, this Good website job. after every response, you have to click save. The site refreshes and then you can click next but at least it'll hold on to your responses mm-hmm. so then you can go and eat food or something like that and right. come back and, and do noodle the rest. with your wife uh and then you get a final grade with your overall grade for the entire course mm-hmm. so it said i passed with distinction with an overall percentage of 93.5 percent. i think there was another level below distinction Mm. that was also, you know, like the magna cum laude equivalent. Right, right. Whereas we got the summa cum laude. But yeah, we we both got distinction. Hey! Yeah. So uh, kudos to us. (laughs) Yes. Something like 10 British pounds. It was 15 pounds. Yeah, and then there was some extra service for 20 British pounds. To have them mail it to you. Right. Uh, No, thanks. I can print them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I've got my naturopath diploma signed... February 12th, 2019, by Sarah Jones, the hmm. director. Okay, so she works there too. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, there's more than one employee. And then we have a separate page. It's from the International Alliance of Holistic Therapists, the aforementioned IAHT. I am now a silver member. A silver member, you say? After due examination of the credentials, qualifications, and status of Ross Blotcher... And having satisfied the officers of the above-named organization that 
the said person has shown themselves to be suitably knowledgeable in the practices of naturopath diploma. (laughs) (laughs) That is my favorite practice, Mm -hmm. naturopath diploma. Mm -hmm. It is agreed that the above-named person be entitled to all the rights and privileges appertaining to membership of the International Alliance of Holistic Therapists. Uh, And this is good till 2020. Nice. Signed by David Rayner, chairman. Um, I also am a silver member Mm -hmm. of whatever it is that I'm a member of, the International Alliance of Holistic Therapists. And we also got our certificate for the 150 CPD hours slash points. Um, Whereas I, in fact, spent eight and a half hours. And even slow Ross... Spent a mere fraction of the 150 hours he is now yeah, qualified yeah. for. Amazing. So come to us with all your illnesses, all your complaints, all your problems. We got it covered. Just know that anybody you see who is just a naturopath, mm-hmm. and that's it, uh, they probably have about as much training as Ross or Carrie. Or, or they might have much more. But they, they could have but... gotten by with just that much. So, yeah, I mean... You might be seeing someone who has way more qualifications, but like clearly this is not super well regulated. For $30 or 23 something on Groupon on a sale day, you could have your naturopath diploma. Yikes. You know who would never do this? Squarespace. Exactly. You know what they do instead is they create beautiful websites so that you can turn your cool idea into a beautiful spot on the internet. You can promote your physical or online business, maybe your new naturopathy store. Maybe you want to announce an upcoming event or a special project. Maybe you're starting, say, a podcast. Well, you can use Squarespace.com to make it beautiful and functional and look like a real pro designed it. Yeah, they've got all these templates that are customizable and created by world-class designers, powerful e-commerce functionality that lets you sell anything online. And everything's optimized for mobile right out of the box, so when someone goes to your website, you won't look like an idiot who you can't even thumb through their freaking thing and you get analytics that help you grow in real time plus built-in search engine optimization and we've used squarespace for a long time for nopodcast.com yeah i think since our inception yeah oh yeah, yeah definitely we've been with squarespace we need to update it but that's on us that's not on squarespace <laughs> exactly we have ideas we will update it we will and when we do squarespace will be there So go to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch, and you can use offer code ONO to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com. Enter code ONO, O-H-N-O. Now, Ross, what would you give the Center of Excellence's Naturopath Diploma Certification course on a pseudoscience ranking from one to 10, where one is something that's just not pseudoscientific. So what was that theory you were telling me about before? Oh, yeah. The one that explains kind of our origins and helps find distinctions between us and other animals. Yeah. Uh, That would be evolution. Evolution. Yes, by natural selection. Yeah, specifically that form of evolution. Right, exactly. So that would be a one. Mm -hmm. Do you you follow me? Yeah, meaning low in pseudoscience because it's high in science. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And then 10 is something extremely pseudoscientific, right? Like you came to Drew's birthday party this last weekend. Oh, that was great. Yeah, and it was at an Airbnb owned by people who have four goats as pets. Yeah, this is wild. Like a ceremony room in the back. Yeah, 
the goats are fine though they're not involved in the ceremony right (laughs) so okay if your skin were entirely made of sperm from those goats uh i don't believe that's the case oh that's pseudoscientific right i got you well i hmm, i I don't want to give this a 10 because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of good science in there you can learn a lot of good stuff, but you're not provided with good tools to tell what's right and what's wrong. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's definitely some things that are wrong in there mm-hmm. and some things that are misguiding. Uh, I'm going to say hi. I'm going to say eight. How that, about you? That feels good. <laughs> yeah. God. Yeah, I'm having the same problem. If I actually went by percentage, if I said what percentage of this is scientific and what percentage is pseudoscientific. I guess I would think it was probably ended up being more like 60% scientific or something like that. Okay. But I don't know that that, that that's a good metric in this case because getting something right should be the baseline. Yes, good point. When 40% of your thing is wrong, that's pretty alarming. And if anything, burying a lot of bad information amidst good information is really more dangerous than yeah. even just pure bad information because uh, that's easier to spot and right a wolf and in sheep's clothing sort of situation yeah the best so. way to hide a lie is between two truths as they say oh i haven't heard that before, well, we were taught that sense. in sunday school on how to watch for the devil's lies ah interesting so yeah i'll join you i'll say eight Okay. And and also you got away with a fair amount of pseudoscience in your responses. Yeah. I did in mine and got my 100% with a, a fair amount of that mixed throughout my responses. What would you give our naturopath coursework on a danger rating where one is something not very dangerous? You know, you drink one cup of Diet Coke. You know, it's not bad. Maybe not great for the old teeth. Okay, let's just say water. You drink okay. water. You got to oh, drink great. water. Got to do that. No one is going to disagree. I learned That's... that it is bad to be dehydrated. You know what? Let's make number 10. You're thirsty, but you don't want to drink water. And so you hook yourself up to a hydrocolonic machine <laughs> and you just shoot a bunch of water up your butt. Okay. Yeah. When you need water, that's a real bad idea. Yeah. I, I think this has a lot of potential for danger. Mm-hmm. Because as soon as you start replacing the science-based medicine with some of this gobbledygook, yeah, you waste really precious time. So, seven? I, I'm going to join you at seven, because just the thought that a bunch of people are going to a website and coming away feeling like they are now certified to be naturopaths and, and give people medical advice is a little frightening. Yeah. How about creepiness? Where one is something that's just not creepy. Uh, you go to the pound and you adopt a beautiful little puppy. Not creepy. No, it's beautiful and wonderful. And then 10 is something extremely creepy, like you wake up in the morning and you yawn and you stretch and as you (sighs) pull your arms apart, your body just splits down the middle. Oh, no. (laughs) Your skeleton exposed. Oh, that's awful. Yeah, that's a 10. (laughs) That's dangerous and creepy. Yeah. So glad our bodies do heal themselves to a large extent. I'm going to give this a one. It doesn't strike me as particularly yeah, creepy. Same. doesn't hit those buttons. What would you give it on a pocket drainer value where one is something not very pocket draining? Like you get a free course online to learn how to bake cookies. Okay. And you're like, oh, this is good advice for making good cookies. Whereas a 10 is you go to save a dove. 
and you take them to the vet and the vet says, quick, we're not even going to look at your dove unless you give us $20,000. <laughs> That's too much. Oh, this is where this excels. You know, it is <laughs> It's a center cheap. of excellence. It is freaking cheap. Not the original price. That's true, but I don't know that... Please never pay full price for a center of excellence <laughs> course. Uh, but it Originally, seems... it was $400. But is it even? Is there any place you actually pay that? <laughs> That's a good question. It seems like one of those made up, you know, this is how much it's actually worth things. Fair. So two, I'll give it a two. I was going to say a one, but... I'll say it too. Yeah, for what we paid for it, I feel like I got my money's worth mm-hmm. because I get to now go around telling everyone I am a certified naturopath. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll join. I'll say three. If you say two, we will have agreed on every single number. Okay, two. Oh, great. You talked me into it. All right. Yay. <laughs> what a friendly episode. <laughs> well, that's it for our show. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. Our administrative manager is Ian Kramer. This episode was edited by Victor Figueroa. You can support us in all of our investigations, help us do all these fun things that we do by going to MaximumFun.org forward slash donate and uh, supporting us financially. And you can also join the conversation online by going to Facebook.com forward slash ONRAC, O-N-R-A-C, or to Twitter at ONOPodcast. And let us know, do you like this idea of us doing this once a year and trying to barrel through another thing we can get certified in? I swear I'm going to do it faster. I'm going to do it faster. (laughs) You can also support us by leaving positive reviews on iTunes or wherever else you get your podcasts. Let people know how much you like Ono, Ross, and Carrie. And do you want to see us live? Go to carriepoppy.horse and see our upcoming events. Oh, which, by the way, if you're in Los Angeles, come out to see us on Go Fact Yourself oh, on that's February right. 23rd. So by the time you hear this, that'll be coming up real soon. But yeah, we'll be at the Angel City Brewery at 4 p.m. On February 23rd. It's going to be a rollicking good show. It's free, but I think you are supposed to RSVP. So hop on over to carriepoppy.horse and you can get the link. And And remember, remember, the Four Humors is an ancient discredited system of medicine from Roman and Greek times. Unless you're able to discuss the semiotics of direwolves in Game of Thrones, Inside Pop is definitely not for you. Sean, that's a little extreme and also not quite true. Okay, Amita, how about Inside Pop is the podcast for people who love and appreciate the best pop culture has to offer. Much better. In every episode, we interview the people who create the culture you crave. Past interviews include Luke Cage showrunner Cheo Hadari Coker, the music supervisor of The Florida Project, and Mudbound director Dee Rees. You'll also get the very best pop culture recommendations in our Big Sell segment. Plus the opinions of two TV producers who are pop culture obsessives and actually do care a lot about direwolves. Which, of course, symbolize our inability to truly connect with the natural world without ultimately destroying it and in the process destroying ourselves. Listen to Inside Pop every other Wednesday on the Maximum Fun Podcast Network. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.